Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Koslick, and I want to thank you for joining me for this special episode. What's so special about it, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you. It was recorded on location at the Catoctin Creek Distilling Company in beautiful downtown Purcellville, Virginia, where the Modern Bar Cart team got to attend a killer event recently called Battle of the Bartenders. This cocktail competition featured five mixologists from Northern Virginia who went head-to-head to head-to-head-to-head in hopes of impressing a panel of judges with their creations, winning the evening, and advancing to the next round of this multi-part competition. The bartenders included Phil Duong of Asso in Brambleton, Samet Yuxekinol of The Conch in Village at Leesburg, Andrew Jennings of Sense of Thai Street in One Loudon, Jeff Berry of The Wine Kitchen in Leesburg, and Sam Scarlett, formerly of WK Hearth and currently at Kinship in Washington, D.C. Before the doors opened, I was actually able to snag a little bit of microphone time with a few of these talented fellas, and they told us a bit more about their bars and what they were expecting from the competition. Could you just introduce yourself, tell us what bar you work at, and maybe give us a little breakdown of what your plans are for tonight? Uh, plans are for tonight. Uh, so, so I'm Jeff Berry. Uh, right now I'm with the Wine Kitchen in Leesburg, uh, running the cocktail program. I'm super excited and nervous about tonight. I don't know if I have any plans per se, but uh, kind of have to wait to see what this mystery ingredient's going to be and how I can best utilize that in the drink. Gotcha. I think a lot of what I do is, is I fall back on classic cocktail recipes um, because they're great at teaching people balance, why mm-hmm. things taste good and make sense when you drink them and uh, how it can kind of translate that ingredient into them. So, so what are you um, being judged on tonight? So I believe we're going to be judged on the strength of the drink itself. Um, in my mind, when I look at a drink, I'm, I'm kind of taking it in like first visually and then the aroma. And then when I drink it, I'm, I'm looking at the taste, whether it's balanced or not, like a bitter to sweet balance or bitter to sour, for example. I'm looking at the texture of the drink itself. I'm looking at the temperature. It has a lot to do with how you perceive flavor and sweet right. things. and. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to be graded on, mm. but those are just a few things I look at in every, every cocktail I make. For sure. So you're using Catoctin Creek products, and yes. then you have access to like pretty much a, like citrus herbs and mixers yes. like crazy. Looks like all sorts of juice Yeah. from lemon to carrot, and then uh, looks like some good mixers back there. You've got all sorts of uh, bitters and fun things, fresh yeah. herbs. All right, can you introduce yourself and tell us what bar you work at? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Samet, Samet Yüksekünül. I'm the general manager at the uh, the Conch, which is a chocolate-themed uh, restaurant oh. in uh, Leesburg. We've been open for about a year and four months at this point. Okay. Uh, so we uh, try to incorporate as much uh, cocoa as we can into the dishes and the drinks. So when it comes to the drinks part, so I'm responsible for the uh, beverage program. 
um, I try to incorporate as much uh, cocoa into the uh, into the cocktails. For instance, um, I have a smoked cocktail. It's a, a twist on a, uh, a Manhattan. So I use uh, rye whiskey, sweet vermouth. I make my own uh, uh, brown spiced uh, cinnamon sugar syrup. Okay. And uh, I use uh, chocolate bitters in the drink. So that's uh-huh. my little chocolate touch. Yeah. So where, wherever I can, I try to incorporate just just a hint when it's uh, whenever it's possible when it makes sense. Right. Well, and chocolate's fascinating too, right? Because it has a terroir of its own, just like Absolute, coffee just or like wine. Coffee and wine, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, okay. Yeah. So how this is maybe uh, getting a little off the topic, but how much does that play into your program? Oh, I mean, I, I try to be as creative as I can with, with the chocolate. I mean, a lot of people come to the restaurant expecting chocolate-infused drinks, chocolate-infused dishes. So yeah, um, half of the cocktails, I would say, have some type of chocolate components, whether it's just a garnish or where it's uh, an actual chocolate infusion world where I'll take a liquor and sous vide the liquor with some cocoa nibs. Oh, okay. Where it's a very deep uh, cocoa note. Sure. Well, we have some chocolate bitters here, so hopefully you get to try them before you leave. Um, so, do you have any plans for tonight? Like, what, what are you what are you expecting out there? I usually uh, stick to the classics and then do some a variation of the classic. Okay. Uh, so, big fan of old fashions, Manhattan, Sazeracs, uh, Aviations, uh, Last Words. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you name it. You know, all, sure. all, all the good stuff. My name's Phil Duong. Um, I work at Asso in Brambleton. Pretty much um, a farm-to-table kitchen. Okay. Definitely chef-driven. Um, with our cocktail program, too, we like to grow our own herbs. We do infusions with liquor, with our simple syrups, do all that in-house. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that seems to be the mark of like a, a program with a lot of intent to it, right? When you start seeing those those uh, infusions and the homemade syrups, uh, I think that's like a you know, a big, a big indicator. What else does a farm to table approach entail, I guess? Cause I don't hear that so much in the bar community, a lot in the restaurant, but what does a farm to table bar mean to you? Farm to table bar, definitely an ever changing menu. Our menu changes pretty much every single day. Um, cocktail wise, getting to know the guest and what they like and making it like a specialty cocktail just for them. Sure, almost like farmhouse hospitality, right? Uh, One-on-one, what can I make for you? Yes. Yeah, okay, I like that. So you're here representing your bar. Um, What do you expect for tonight? What are you kind of like getting ready for? Tonight, I wanted to have fun. Um, I know all these guys. Uh Um, They're actually, most of the time when I go to the bar, it's just beer and shots. But when I go to these guys' bars, I'll actually, I trust them. Okay, so so, so you've definitely got like a really solid, well-trained group of bartenders here. Is there anything that you've kind of got, like maybe like no, none of the other bartenders here right now, so there, are there any like little tricks that, you've, that you're planning to like whip out of your back pocket? Any, any things that you specialize in? Uh, I mean, I definitely, everyone here is good. Everyone's gonna do an egg white cocktail, I'm guessing. Samet brought his Erosion circulator. He's going to try to do some quick infusions. I don't know how that's going to work out. But. Yeah, it's, I saw that. I saw that warming <laughs> up. Okay, he's the, so he's the tech guy. If if he's the tech guy, what are you? I don't know. I I think I'm the gun for the people's champion. That's what I want. The, the people's yeah, champion. Yeah, I like being the crowd person. Hi, right, so I'm Ross from uh, Sensitive Street in Ashburn. Okay. I'm also here with Andrew Jennings. He's actually my bartender. That's gonna be mixing. I'm okay. just, you know, here supporting my guy. You know, one of the beautiful, big, big important people of the team. Been to Sense um, of Thai. I've actually had a nice cocktail out of that fish, that, that fish mai tai glass. You nice, guys have. nice. Yeah. 
Free, uh, that cup actually was made for a cocktail that featured uh, featured fish sauce. Oh. And yeah, so <laughs> that drink originally had fish sauce, orange oil, uh, vanilla, and oh, rum no base. Kidding. And the biggest thing with our bar, the restaurant, is we have very intense Thai food. Yeah. We want the intensity of the drinks to match that. Mm. So if there are common ingredients in the food, you will find them sneaking their way into the drink. So there's that parallel of pairing the experience of the food with the drinks. Okay. Yeah, and so Thailand itself is really known for their cocktails, but that's how we're like, okay, it's great food, which means there can be great drinks inspired by that same cuisine. Sure. And and that's, that's where your sort of like individual creativity comes in. And I like what you're saying of how the cocktail intensity is matching the food, the food intensity, because that's very much a principle that's been true in the wine world forever, right? Yes. If you have a really spicy dish, you want to pair it with a really racy, acidic wine or mm -hmm. something like that. All right? about balance. Okay. Um, so... What are you expecting from tonight? Uh, so since your bar, your, you got your bartender is going to be behind the bar. Yes. Did you give him any pep talks or like any like tools of the trade to make sure that he has a bit of a competitive edge tonight compared to all these other folks? Well, the funny thing I think as an advantage for him is also the concept of our bar is the dealer's choice where we're making our custom cocktail every single day for each guest. So literally, it is a chop style environment mm -hmm. every day at work. I love and it. so there's no real prep that we need to do. It's more so do what you do every day as best as possible. And yeah. so yeah, we, yeah, we're playing more with the Catoctin Creek spirits, so you know the flavors that go around their spirits, but every day is already chop style for us, right. so he's ready to go. I also asked each bartender what they were currently experimenting with or featuring at their bars so that we could sort of take the pulse of what people are excited about right now in the Northern Virginia cocktail scene. I don't know, lately I've been kind of blurring the lines of, of what I think a traditional cocktail is. Lately I've been doing, well for example, this, this, this past week I've been doing a apple and cardamom infused gin old fashioned with what? citric and malic acid and it's a touch of soda water so it kind uh -huh. of feels clean and just interesting but it's kind of blurring the lines between like a stirred old fashioned and like a whiskey sour, for yeah, example. Yeah, and um, you're actually taking like that dried powdered citric acid, malic acid, and and using it in the drink. Yeah, so that we uh, so I pretty much have like a balanced like kind of acid water that I can mm -hmm. uh, apply to certain things to, to make it kind of taste like fresh fruit. Right. Um, and that eliminates um, the need for fresh citrus, which is like a, actually it's a growing trend I've heard in bars because citrus is seasonal. It's hard to get when a Mexican cartel gets a hold of uh, the <laughs> lime. Like this happened like two years ago. There's a big lime shortage. Uh, but when you're using citric acid and malic acid in that way, you kind of like get a little bit more control, it, right? Yeah, control consistency is important, um, and also it kind of lets you dabble with with I guess. Um, the presentation of a drink, so that, that one I just described is crystal clear. Ah. Um, it's no cloudiness from citrus or like a heavy sugar. It's just kind of light and kind of unassuming. And when you get in there, it's like totally innocent looking. And then it's like, pow, what the hell is going on here? Oh, yeah, because people don't <laughs> expect clear things to taste like yeah. so vibrant. Maybe right. to taste strong like a spirit or nothing like water, but it not so vibrant. must be that martini that my dad had uh -huh. 25 years ago. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's a really interesting thought, and uh, presentation's obviously big in a competition like this. So excited to see what you put out tonight, and uh, thanks for giving us a preview. Uh, thank you for having me. 
I love using technology. So okay. a smoking gun, a circulator to sous vide drinks. Uh. Um, at the bar, right now at the restaurant, we have a uh, cotton candy machine. So we use cotton candy <laughs> in cocktails. So, is that like a know. garnish? Yeah, it's a garnish. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, does it just disintegrate or does it sit? Or uh, it, Either or. You can use it uh, where it's actually a garnish where people get to take it off the drink and uh -huh. then bite on it. Or I have one version where I use... Um, uh, right now, I have a cocktail. It's uh, called the Chameleon. Okay. Um, it's a twist on a daiquiri. So it's uh, light rum, cachaça, simple syrup, and uh, lime juice. Okay. So very simple, very, very basic. But yeah. I serve the uh, the lime juice in a small um, vial on the side, and we uh, add a couple uh, drops of the butterfly pea flower uh, oh, yeah. extract yeah. into the drinks. Okay. So it's it comes out first blue to the uh, to the uh, to the table. With and the then, cotton candy on top, and right. then they get the vial, they pour it in, and, and it then turns it turns pink. Turns pink. I you love know, it. You know, it, it's I like keeping it fun and uh, interactive. Sure. As possible. How hard was it to get that butterfly pea flower? Because when I bought it, it Amazon. Came, really? Amazon. I love Amazon. I got it off Amazon, <laughs> and it came like three months later in really? a box. It was tied with shoelaces, and it looked like it had been through <laughs> customs and just demolished like three times. That's funny. Well, um, good luck tonight. Uh, excited Thank to see you. what you come up with, Appreciate and thanks it. for talking to Absolutely. us. Absolutely, it was a pleasure. With my bar, definitely growing like the mint, growing the rosemary, growing the basil. Okay. Um, chartreuse, I love. Absinthe, I love. So you're like it's a mentholated guy. <laughs> you like the herbs yeah, and you yeah, like the, yeah, the yeah. mentholated kind yeah, of yeah, anise yeah. flavors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's really cool. Awesome. The chartreuse, I always say, is my favorite liquid on the planet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Those monks know what they're doing. I know. They know what they're doing. They're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, best of luck tonight and thanks for chatting. Awesome. For all of summer, we've actually transformed the bar to a tiki bar. Okay. And so you'll tell from our shirts and everything we're in yeah, today is yeah, all more. Beautiful. Yeah, so honoring, you know, Don Beachcomber and Trader Vic and how they established tiki culture from their ingredients, the drink names, that's what we've been practicing. Uh -huh. So you see a lot of passion fruit or a house-made syrup called Fashionola, which has hibiscus, strawberry, passion fruit, orange, Ooh. all of that into a syrup. It was funny, that's actually... The foundation of the Hawaiian punch, they kind of just uh, commercialized that original tiki syrup into no a fruit kidding. punch drink today. Really? And so it's funny that like ingredients that we're using like that will tell that funny story of how it became commercial today. Yeah. And so everything when it comes to tiki, they're fun, they're fruity, they're boozy as ever. Mm -hmm. um, then we are taking, you know, rums from Brazil, from cachaça to, you know, Bolivian brandy, uh, which is called Asangani. Uh, then we mm -hmm. have Chilean and Peruvian Pisco. Mm -hmm. We're just across the board with these tropical spirits that just yeah. amplifies All these, those uh, beautiful drinks. South American eau de vie, right? Yes, it's yeah. amazing. They have such a terroir-driven approach down there in South America. Um, just like whether, whether you're talking about like the lowland Brazilian sugarcane or you're talking about... Like oh, yeah, elevation plays so important, yes. And That's crazy. Yeah, we love those. And so working with Virginia ABC, trying to get as much stuff over here <laughs> as possible. Um, well, at least you have a, a you have a partner in Singani because when I Google Singani, like the ABC is like Virginia nice. ABC is like actually the top result, <laughs> which is bizarre. You never see the Virginia ABC be the top result in Google for anything good. Uh, That's our one benefit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, Ross, thanks for uh, chatting a little bit and uh, best of luck for you and your team tonight. Thank you. Yeah, ready to take some good cocktails. After they finished up recording with me, the mixologists went to put the finishing touches on their bar battle stations behind the horseshoe-shaped bar in the Catoctin Creek tasting room. Soon, the doors opened for the event, 
Amazing food materialized on barrel heads and tables, courtesy of monks, barbecue, and the building began to fill with excited guests who were clearly ready to taste some unforgettable cocktails. Now, I'm sure some of you are wondering precisely how these bartenders and their cocktails would be evaluated during this contest. Here's Catoctin Creek General Manager Lauren Barrett to explain the rules. So really quick, the judging process, um, five bartenders. There are three rounds. Each round, um, the bartenders will make a cocktail for each judge, and the judge will then pick uh, to give a point to their favorite cocktail. We will give them a couple minutes to deliberate after they receive the cocktails. At that time, they will announce who their uh, cocktail of choice is and why they chose that cocktail. Uh, we'll keep points, so at the end of the third round, um, the bartender with the most points is the winner. Uh, in the case of a tie, we will go into kind of a sudden death round. So the rules are you must use uh, any of the Catoctin Creek spirits as your base spirit, and then we have a secret ingredient that we will present in the beginning of each round. So they will be uh, judged on taste, appearance, uniqueness, and use of secret ingredient. So now that we know the rules, let's get down to business. The secret ingredient for the first round was pawpaw vinegar. What? Wait a second. What is a pawpaw? According to an article by Serious Eats, pawpaw trees, the largest edible fruit trees native to North America, produce greenish-blackish fruit, usually three to six inches long. The flesh is pale to bright yellow and contains a network of glossy dark brown seeds, in case you were wondering. A pawpaw's flavor, here's the important part, is sunny, electric, and downright tropical, a riot of mango banana citrus that's incongruous with its temperate deciduous forest origins. Whoa, not something you come across every day at the grocery store, clearly. After sampling this tangy, tropical-tasting vinegar, our five courageous bartenders immediately set to work crafting their first drinks. Andrew and Jeff apparently had the same idea. Following the sourness and tropical notes of the pawpaw vinegar to their logical conclusion in a Jungle Bird cocktail, which is a modern tiki classic that normally calls for lime and pineapple juice. Meanwhile, Sam put together a refreshing whiskey sour, and Phil made an original cocktail using Catoctin Creek's pear brandy and a chartreuse-soaked herbal garnish. Once prepared, the cocktails were lined up before the three judges— Catoctin Creek International Portfolio Manager Chad Robinson, Brian Jenkins, owner of local restaurant Monk's Barbecue, and Trevor Baratko, editor-in-chief of the Loudoun Times Mirror. These gents took great care to evaluate every cocktail throughout the evening, giving a point to their favorite cocktail from each round. Here's Chad's thoughts from round one. For the first one was big two, I really enjoyed the rosemary garnish, but as a fan of chartreuse, I felt like it got lost in there. So I was really hoping to get some of the chartreuse from it, but I feel like most of it burned off. One thing to consider. Uh, but my favorite for this round was Sam's. Uh, I'm personally a big, I'm, I'm very partial to uh, a good sour. Uh, I don't think he knew that ahead of time, but it worked out really nicely in his favor this round. Uh, egg white sours definitely bring out a lot of the flavors in the roundstone rye, and it, it complemented the pawpaw vinegar really nicely. 
At the end of the first round, Phil, Andrew, and Sam were tied for the lead with one point apiece. The bartenders then batched up a tray of small pours for guests to sample, and it was on to round two and the next secret ingredient, snake oil hot sauce courtesy of the Woodbury Kitchen. Now, as you can imagine, spiciness is kind of tricky to incorporate into a cocktail. It's one of those volume knobs that can very easily be tuned too high or too low, so our bartenders had quite a task on their hands in round two. During this round, a couple cool things happened. As was kind of hinted at before the competition, you know, when everyone was calling him the tech guy who likes to use all his cool toys, Cement busted out his cocktail smoking rig and got to work smoking some of Catoctin Creek's Roundstone Rye Whiskey. He used applewood, which is a lighter, more delicate smoke than something like a mesquite or a hickory that you would oftentimes expect to find more commonly in barbecue dishes. Here he is explaining his creation. All right, so we made a uh, twist on a bijou. So uh, we have our 80 proof Catoctin Creek Roundstone Rye, a little bit of green chartreuse, some uh, Carpana Antiqua, some orange bitters, and then we used our snake oil as well. And then of course we got to use the uh, smoking gun and uh, went ahead and smoked the cocktail as well. Visually, a smoked cocktail is really exciting, right? It's a head turner and everyone at the bar is going to notice when you break out that smoking gun. It's something akin to ordering a dish that's prepared tableside with an open flame at a nice restaurant. We've got a great shot of Samet using that smoking gun over on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast. And you can also head on over to our Instagram page at modernbarcart and check it out there. Unfortunately, the smoked cocktail didn't receive any votes from the judges. And here's why. While all eyes were on cement, Jeff Berry was quietly consorting with a bottle of our liquid gold ancient trade bitters. He paired them with the snake oil hot sauce, some roundstone rye, a little green chartreuse, ginger, and lime, with a fresh sage and basil garnish. And think about it, this makes a lot of sense. Indian dishes are often very hot and spicy, and they rely on ingredients like turmeric, fenugreek, holy basil, and cardamom, all of which are present in the liquid gold bitters, to round out that spicy flavor profile and curb the heat. Here's what the judges had to say about Jeff's cocktail. This was, this was tough. You know, I love spice and I love smoke, and there were a lot of elements, you know, everything there. But, um, boy, Jeff... Good, good night. That that is full of flavor, and uh, the sea salt on the rim was nice. Uh, the spice is right where it should be. Not too much, not too little. Um, well done. It's delicious. I'm gonna hang on to this. Thanks for not. No, clap. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You're a leader. You're the pack here. Ditto. Jeff, uh, you win again here, and uh, the the last two were just little overpowering for me. I really appreciate the spice, but uh, the middle one did the trick, Jeff. All kinds of flavors just bursting out of it. That's the one with our bitters. For me, I like the I like the presentation. It's fun that there's a lot of orange coming off of the, the crowd here, but uh, 
the line definitely stands out for you, Jack. I still need to go with Phil. I think that while the, the spice is a little muted, it's still present, and the balance of all the other flavors comes together really nicely. After round two, Phil and Jeff were tied for the lead with two points apiece, and Andrew and Sam were close behind, each with one point. And that meant anybody could still win with a strong enough showing in round three. The secret ingredient for this final round was salt with grasshoppers and agave worms, or sal de gusanos y chapulín en español. So, to recap, first we had pawpaw vinegar, sour and fruity. Then we had that snake oil hot sauce, spicy and kind of savory. And now we've got this smoky, salty concoction with just a little ick factor, courtesy of the worms and bugs. All in all, a very challenging set of secret ingredients. During the final round, Samet drew from his experience working at a chocolate-driven restaurant to create a salted chocolate old-fashioned, which drew some really nice attention from the judges. Jeff broke out the chinar to try and offset that funky salt with some bitterness and herbal sweetness. Meanwhile, Sam whipped up a tequila-driven Negroni variation, and Phil broke out the egg whites and produced a gin sour with a salted rim. In the end, it wasn't flashiness that won the day. It wasn't smoke. And it wasn't complexity. It was consistency. By scoring a point in each of the three rounds, Phil Duong of Osso in Brambleton, creator of that amazing gin sour, took home the win for himself and his bar. Here's Phil's reaction, characteristically humble, amidst the post-competition revelry. What is it, how does it feel uh, to be the winner of this, uh, this year's contest? It's an honor. Um, all these gentlemen here, I've all visited the bars, and they're the only, I was telling you earlier, I always enjoy their cocktails too. But. Yeah. What, was the, what was your favorite cocktail that you made tonight? That last one. So everyone seemed to like the last one. Uh, the egg white cocktail pulled it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, congrats again, and uh, hopefully we can get, uh, get you on the podcast for a full episode. So excellent, excellent. All right, cheers, man. Yeah, man. For Phil, it seems like striving to be the people's champion worked out in the end. And to be fair, each of the bartenders had their moment when a judge was just blown away by one of their creations. And speaking of judges... If you go back and pay close enough attention to their comments throughout, a couple things are pretty clear. One is that they took all these cocktails seriously and they weren't shy about offering advice when they thought something can be improved upon. A perfect example of that is when Chad commented on the lack of aroma from Phil's chartreuse soaked garnish in round one, right? He said, you know, I think it kind of burned off a little bit. So if you try this move in the future, that's something to keep in mind. But the other thing I noticed as I watched these judges is just how important individual preferences are at the end of the day. One judge commented on how the color of one of the cocktails reminded him of a lamp from his childhood. Another admitted his love of egg white sours. This is neither good nor bad. Because we all enter flavor evaluations with decades of experiential and preferential baggage, there's really no point trying to control for every tiny variable and be as objective as possible in a competition like this. That would suck all the fun out of it. But 
just like a great song or an amazing work of literature, the very best cocktails have the power to rise above those individual preferences and resonate on the palate no matter who happens to be tasting them. I think that's the lesson we come to these types of competitions hoping to reaffirm. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode of the Modern Bar Cart podcast. We had a ton of fun putting this one together, and we'd like to start doing more interactive and in-depth pieces like this. So if you're located in the Mid-Atlantic and you've got a cocktail-related event you'd like us to catalog, please drop us a line by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com. We'd like to thank Catoctin Creek Distilling Company, especially Denise Petty, Lauren Barrett, Chad Robinson, and Scott and Becky Harris for being excellent partners and for hosting this terrific event. And we'd also like to applaud them for donating a portion of the proceeds to CORE, Children of Restaurants Employees, which is a charitable organization that lends a helping hand when children with service industry parents experience life-altering events. If you're looking to host an event like this one, please consider following Catoctin Creek's lead and selecting a good cause that can benefit from a night of amazing cocktails. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, this is the Modern Bar Cart Podcast, and I'm your host, Eric Koslick. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners, and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember, folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was made possible with editing and production assistance by Samantha Reed, Amazing Cocktails by Jeff Barry, Andrew Jennings, Phil Duong, Sam Scarlett, and Samet Yuxekanol and a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2018.